There is nothing wrong with your internet. Do not attempt to adjust your settings. We are controlling the podcast. We control the squealing and the screams. We can make your heart flutter, your eyes blur from tears, or sharpen your mind to crystal clarity. For the next hour, sit back. We are in control of what you hear. We repeat, there is nothing wrong with your settings. You are about to experience the awe and mystery known as the female mind. You are now entering the Fangirl Zone. Welcome to Sci-Fi Talk on the Fangirl Zone, a podcast where we discuss shows on the Sci-Fi Channel. I'm Steve. And I'm Sean Fangirl S. And tonight we're discussing episode 8 of season 3 of Winona Earp. Okay. Holy mackerel. Yeah, right? <laughs> Thanks, guys, for messing with me on a whole different level. But before we jump into that and talk about how distressing this could be and how you want to feel sorry for people and then you have to hate them, let's talk about ratings. <laughs> All right. Episode 8 brought in a 0.11 in adults 18 to 49 with 0.496 million viewers, making it the 88th overall cable show for the day. Hmm, that's a big drop in position for overall cable shows, dropping almost 20 slots, but not that big of a drop in adults 18 to 49, only 0.02 and about 100,000 viewers, so hmm. Yeah, curious. All right, let's get into episode eight, Waiting Forever for You. Let's do it. Date night in purgatory, which means dressing up, drinking, and fighting demons as a formidable former foe stocks the gang. Well, I'll I'll agree with drinking. (laughs) Dressing up, wasn't much of that. (laughs) Not really. They were kind of dressing down. Yeah. Well, we open up with Winona and Jeremy playing pool at Shorty's and chatting boy stuff. Oh, yes. That was fun. And she seemed to be trying to teach him to shoot pool, but talking about all the gross stuff that's ever been on that pool table. Yeah. (laughs) And Winona tells him that Doc is now with Kate, but of course fails to mention his newly acquired vampire fangs. Yeah. Why didn't she mention that? I really think that she didn't want to to be the one who crushed his Doc Envy, I guess. Okay. Now, of course, Jeremy's lamenting his situation with Robin, and, of course, Winona's got plenty of guy advice, which, yeah, kind of makes sense. It surprises Jeremy, though. And then out of nowhere, Charlie and a few of his fellow firemen walk into the bar, and Winona immediately ducks behind the pool table. Because apparently she's managed to ghost him. Yeah. So, of course, Jeremy outs her. Yeah. Real good, Jeremy. Yeah. You and Winona are just starting to get back on good terms. This is not something you want to do. Right. So, of course, Winona asks Charlie out to dinner at Purgatory's finest establishment. (laughs) Yeah. Only establishment. That was pretty comical when they were in there, too. It's like, what is yeah. happening? <laughs> so next, we see Bolshar standing at the site where Constant Cludy, his wife, was buried. He's holding an ancient tome in his hands, clearly in the midst of casting a spell. 
A body rises from the sand headless. Okay. You could tell it was constant anyway, even without the head. (laughs) (laughs) Of course, Bullsharp has her barbecued skull and places it atop her body and urges her to do his bidding. Yeah. Can you please explain this to me? Because I thought they burned her skull and, like, it was down to nothing, like ashes. Yeah. So what the heck? I don't know what it is about them cluty bones, but they sure don't seem to want to burn. That doesn't make sense. They couldn't burn the boy's bones either. (sighs) So, well, in the meantime, Doc returns home to find a human surprise courtesy of Kate. Dinner is served. Yeah, this is why I want to hate her. Yeah, and Doc refuses to partake, even though the man's been glamoured. And you kind of go, hmm, you resisting your uh, vampire urges there, Doc? Having second thoughts, maybe? Of course, Doc goes ahead and leaves, and Kate devours dinner all by her lonesome. Yeah, I was kind of thinking, okay, wait, if he doesn't feed, does that mean like he's not going to be a total vampire? What did this mean? Right. But apparently he just didn't want whatever Kate was dishing out. Yeah. As, uh, later on, we see Robin out in the woods doing woodsy stuff while simultaneously chatting with Jeremy. Oh, yes. This was really fun. Yeah. Waverly is hosting a big gay dinner that evening at the homestead for the quartet. How nice of her. Ah, oh, the big gay dinner. Yes. Now, during... The discussions over the phone, we also spot Doc on the loose, looking a little haggard and desperate for food, kind of hunting down something to munch on. Or someone. Or someone, and sure enough, he stumbles upon Robin, and his bloodlust takes over, and he launches himself at Jeremy's bow. I was so ticked when that happened. Oh, yeah! Because you figured he munched down. But then next thing we know, it was like, wait a second. Doc is dragging Robin into the police station to Jeremy. Yeah. And I'm like, what? What the hell? Now, Jeremy's more mad at him, of course, for biting his bow and not listening. Because I don't know who paid attention to Doc saying he doesn't taste right. He tastes like foul earth. Right. Now, first of all, we were wondering what was going to happen, of course. Yes. And now we know that whatever Bolshar did, he did actually get the goo into him. You would sure think so, but it could be, you know, we saw him cough up some something dark before he was captured by Bolshar. So hmm. this could be something related to that. I, we don't know for sure. Okay, yeah, you, you could be completely right with that. Right, because he mentioned it was foul earth. Well, maybe that is it. Yeah, I was just assuming that Whatever Bolshar did, it had to do with Earth because we see the trees moving around. Right, yeah. But Jeremy is pretty pissed at Doc, basically. Yeah, that's an understatement. And then we see Winona and Charlie on an almost actual date as they are at Purgatory's finest diner munching on (laughs) breadsticks. I love it how it it took you a second to be able to actually say those words. I know. It sure looked more like a dive. Well, yeah, and then they get breadsticks, which she's like, obviously, because look at there's breadsticks and big knives that look like little swords. But she orders, okay, what was it? She ordered spaghetti? Lasagna, I, something like that. I swear it was a weird 
mismatch of food that she ordered. I'm like, did she order Italian and Chinese? What did she just do? (laughs) (laughs) But of course, even Charlie looks a little put off by this restaurant. Right. Yeah. He doesn't think it's quite as uh, (laughs) nice as she does. That's for sure. And of course, as they're enjoying each other's company, Jeremy crashes the party, informing Winona of Doc's attempt to drain Robin of his blood. Yeah, and she's like, oh, yeah, that. He is a vampire, sorry. (laughs) Yeah, and of course, Charlie is more than willing to help out, so sure enough, she sends him to Shorty's to trap Doc while Winona heads to have some girl time with Kate. Again, somebody else who I'm not really exactly happy about. Right, so of course, Doc waltzes into Shorty's under the guise of a text Winona sent him, apologizing profoundly. Fusely for the Robin incident, but is immediately trapped inside a circle meant to bind vampires. Yes, I loved it because it was essentially in a lasso. Yeah, and Charlie's standing on the other side of the said ring. Hmm, this might get interesting. Yeah, I was kind of surprised Charlie's so laid back about this. He's like, ah, weird shit happens, I guess. Yeah, so we... Head over to the homestead where the big gay dinner is underway. Uh, We see Waverly putting the final touches on the meal as Jeremy nervously chats with Nicole outside the kitchen. And Nicole soothes his nerves by reminding him that it's just one meal with friends. Right. Nothing to be nervous about. Uh, You've talked to them before. Yes. Kind of, sort of. And then you were taken, but you know, whatever. (laughs) So Winona arrives at Kate's place for a little question and answer session, and Kate reveals that Doc's actions turned her into a vampire. Oh, right. This will should be interesting. That's what I was thinking. I'm like, Doc turned you into a vampire. Really? Yeah. Do you tell? Yeah. <laughs> so she lets Winona know that she traveled to America from Hungary. Her family was incredibly wealthy. And once they made it to purgatory, Kate took up as a fortune teller. One day, a mysterious man demanded Kate tell his fortune, but she refused to do so. That's when Doc swooped in to her rescue. You know, hmm, can we believe this? Not yet. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, Doc and Charlie are chatting it up at Shorty's, just having a grand old time. It was almost like the guy from black badge or the the service man that was in town for the funeral oh right they're just having a good old heart-to-heart boy talk yeah apparently we can just do this and no big deal yeah and constant clutie demon lurches inside brandishing a weapon i could not figure out what that was supposed to be me neither i was like is that like an axe or or Something out of a jawbone or something. And then, of course, I'm thinking, okay, did you borrow that prop from Supernatural? What are you doing here? (laughs) And she's apparently on the hunt for something Bolshar desires. Doc pleads with Charlie to release him so he can help the firemen fight. And sure enough, when Charlie finally does release him, Doc uses his newfound vampire strength and sucker punches Clutie causing the demon to lie limply on the ground unconscious. Yeah, because I'm sure that's the end of it. Yeah. 
So, of course, now that Doc realizes that the Stone Witch is back, he urges Charlie to call Winona, who refuses to answer her phone. Yeah, somehow I didn't think that she was going to pick up right away, seeing as what's going on over there. Right. And so we flash back to the past once more with Kate revealing to Doc that she's planning on returning home to Hungary. Okay. And of course, Doc's reaction is his normal lukewarm at best. Certainly not what a lover wants to hear. But as he sits up in bed, we see the beginning stages of Doc's illness as he sputters and coughs. You go, oh, okay, this is starting to add up a little bit. Still not sure I'm buying it, but we'll see. Back to the BGD, Waverly and Robin are peeling potatoes and gossiping about the old days. The school old days. Yeah, I'm like, old days, what? (laughs) (laughs) Well, for them, it's school old days. Yeah, that's true. And out of nowhere, Robin morphs into someone entirely different as his eyes glaze over. Weirdly talking about the potatoes. (laughs) Yes. He claims he can hear the roots and trees talk to Bolshar. It's like, wait, what? He's talking about Bolshar? Hold up. Yeah. He licks the potato. Yeah, that was just random. It's like, if you're wondering how the potato feels, why are you licking it? Yeah. So, something's got a hold of our boy. Not sure if it's tree magic or Bolshar magic or what it is yet. And, of course, as Waverly panically runs into... The front room, they realized that Robin sneaked out the back door and they find him in the barn, shoeless and shirtless. Yes. Still and, holding the potato. Right. And it looked like he was like the way he had his arms, almost like he was tied up. Right. But I mean, that's not what was going on. That was just no. strange. <laughs> because he's kneeling with his back facing the group, appearing to act as a radio tuning in to Bolshar Station. Well, (laughs) that BGD just took a really strange turn. Right? We go back to Winona and Kate's story time, and it gets interrupted when Cludy crashes the party. I didn't understand this. I'm like, she's just going anywhere. Right. She's hitting (laughs) everybody. She snatches something of important from the vampire and dashes off. And... Kate knew it was Cludy despite her unrecognizable appearance. I think everybody had an idea who it was. <laughs> I guess. I didn't know. Not yeah. at first. No. Well, I, I, when it was out in the middle of the desert like that, that's the only person it could be because that's where they buried her. Yeah, that's true. Now, of course, Robin snaps out of his, I don't know what you want to call it. <laughs> Trance? Trance, Yeah. And realizes he's shirtless in a barn during winter. Right. And then he's like, this isn't the bathroom. Nobody walk over here. But maybe Jeremy can warm him up later. Yeah. So, of course, as our uh, foursome is about to head inside, Clutie shows up there and crushes their party. (laughs) Clutie is just everywhere. Yeah. And she knocks Nicole like she wasn't even there. And... Out of nowhere, Waverly dons Bolshar's ring, which was a great scene earlier. Right. That we didn't touch base on, that we will have to, which is a perfect fit. And not only that, it doesn't burn her. 
No, and it gives her, like, powers. Yeah. Flutie launches for the ring, but Waverly goes Hulk on her and knocks Clutie outside the barn. But apparently, Clutie got what she came for anyway. Yeah. And so, is Waverly's father responsible for her ability to wear Bolshar's ring? Or is it Mama? Hmm. Ooh, that's interesting. And of course, she only got the ring because Nicole was mentioning how it just keeps coming back to her. <laughs> was happened to be down on one knee when Waverly came <laughs> into the room and Right. And she of course thinks it's a proposal. <laughs> like, no, Waves, really? That that's not even a pretty ring for you. Okay. No. <laughs> I think your girl knows better. Yeah. But we find out that Clutie stole three tarot cards. Said cards were meant for Bolshar, who was at the time sure of Clutie. So we flash back once again as we see Kate sitting at her fortune teller table as Sheriff Clutie arrives for a reading with Constant in close proximity. He wants Kate to help him in searching for something that the Ghost River Triangle is cloaking. So Kate reads his tarot and procures three cards. However, she is unable to reveal the final card. She refuses to continue this exchange, and that's when Doc swoops in to help scare off Bolshar. And that's when we see him palm those cards. Exactly. So you go, hmm, what more might you know there, Mr. Holiday? Obviously, he knew something. Yeah. So, of course, later on, Kate warns Waverly regarding the power of the ring and... Waverly discovers that much to her dismay, she cannot remove the ring. Rut row. No matter what they do, and apparently there was a heck of a lot of butter used to try to get this yeah. off, and it wasn't happening. No. <laughs> and next we see Clutie handing over the goods to Bolshar. He can finally see his last card, and he is delighted at what said card holds regarding his future, which is now certain. And of course, Constant returns forlornly. To the spot of her burial, where Winona and Kate find her, and Constance drops to her knees and urges Winona to put her out of her misery with Peacemaker. Without saying anything. Right. Yeah. <laughs> kind of hard to talk with a burnt skull. True. Yeah. And despite their past as enemies, Winona does as she is bid, and we also learn that should Winona slay Doc, Duck would return to mortality, but that's a myth. Or at least that's oh, what Kate says. <laughs> if she killed Kate. Right. Right. Would Doc return? But no, that's just a myth. You know, a myth. <laughs> if you well, believe Kate. <laughs> right. So it's like, mm, I don't know. So Winona asks Kate if she recalls Bolshar's cards, and that's when the light bulb goes off on, in Winona's head. Since Winona is inexplicably linked to Bolshar, perhaps her future is also intertwined with his. Now that's some mighty out there thinking, Winona. So Winona returns to the homestead after urging Kate to read her tarot, as this may give her an idea into Bolshar's own cards, with the news for our crew. She reveals her cards that Kate read since Winona is tarot twins with Bolshar. 
And as Nicole and Jeremy are still hard at work attempting to remove Bolshar's ring, Jeremy notices something in Arabic is inscribed on the back of the ring that wasn't there previously. Say what? How did they know it wasn't there previously? I mean, was anybody really inspecting it? I don't think so. Unless Nicole did. Mm. She might have. So, of course, Jeremy finds out that the inscription alludes to the Garden of Paradise. Oh, yeah? Really? So they surmise that Bolshar is on the hunt for the Garden of Eden. Oh, lovely. Ghost River Triangle must be cloaking it, which would explain why Bolshar sought Kate's help all those years ago. And maybe that's why things are so weird in the Ghost River Triangle. Exactly. And then Robin pops into the kitchen with another bombshell. Bolshar isn't searching for the garden. He's already found it. Obviously, Robin's still connected to the Bolshar radio. Yes. <laughs> Loud and clear. So Winona finds Kate on the front porch, and we get the final part of her story. After Bolshar was slain and Constance sent it Doc to immortality in the well, Kate approaches Constance in search for Doc, but the latter reveals that Holiday will never be found. Thus, Kate returns to Hungary and is turned vampire by her uncle Otto. Yeah, apparently the royal kiss. Little different than I was thinking. Yeah. <laughs> and Kate became immortal so she could search for Doc as long as it took. And of course, we know that Winona was the one who released Doc from his well prison. So, yeah, it was very <sighs> telling that Kate says, yeah. I became a vampire for him, but he became a vampire for you. And that's where I was like, okay, I'm a little mad right now. Still a doc. Right. Kind of hate Kate, but at the same time, you kind of feel sorry for her right here. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> and a little later on, Doc discovers Winona in the barn. And you almost got the feeling that he just kind of vampired in there. <laughs> like he just waits there and hopes. Right. And, of course, he urges Winona to make peace with him and that his decision to become a vampire was purely for her benefit. He hopes And for Alice. Yeah, he hopes uh, to protect the Earp sisters and little Alice for as long as necessary. Did he even say it, like, as long as she wants him to and then even longer if necessary right, or something like yeah. that? And I was like, oh, my God. Yeah. Why? <laughs> yeah, while Winona may not agree with him being a vampire, Doc's thought process behind the decision is rather sweet. Yeah, it still made me want to cry, but I'm like, why are you saying this, Doc? Why? <laughs> and of course, we know our girl is hell-bent on turning him human again, so our two former lovebirds decide to let bygones be bygones and work together to defeat Bolshar. And at this time, Bolshar magically appears and blows mysterious powder in our duo's faces. That's never good. No. <laughs> now, I had almost thought that Doc was changed when Winona shot Constance. Because you saw him react without oh. knowing what had happened. Okay. Because I think he's, he had his head down on Shorty's bar. And boy, he shot up like, Wow, I feel so much better. And it was like, did she just free him? <laughs> but apparently not. But it, it did something to him. Maybe so. it ends up 
breaking the connection with Bolshar. Right. It could. We can hope. Yeah. That's the only thing I can think of. So, yeah, these next couple of episodes are just going to be Looney Tunes. Oh, jeez. <laughs> like, I was so mad that he became a vampire, and then I was, like, so sad with that little back and forth. And then I'm like, if you just tell each other that you love each other already. Really? <laughs> and then Bullshar. And I'm like, God dang it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, they, they have a problem with expressing <laughs> their feelings towards each other. And timing. Both of them. Timing. Yes. Hey, Steve, did we get any feedback on this episode? Oh, yes, we did. Our best friend from the Netherlands, Fred, once again, has provided us some feedback. So let's take a listen. This is Fred from the Netherlands with some short feedback on Winona Earp, Season 3, Episode 8. I really loved this episode, and uh, when it started and I saw all the scenes with uh, Winona and Kate, I thought, okay, this is very nice. And I was very much pleased and amazed by that it, it took quite a lot of the episode, because on the other hand, there was the story at the homestead, and that was a bit more nah, funny and silly. The real interaction and all the phases Winona and Kate go through and then at the end even reconcile was very nice. Of course, I like Chantal Riley as an actress a lot. I know her from Frankie Drake uh, Mysteries, another very nice Canadian series, a bit Murdoch Mysteries-like. So, that was all for now. Greetings, all the best. Fred from Netherlands. Yeah, Fred, I really kind of wish that Kate and Winona didn't have Doc in common, because if they didn't, I think they would make an awesome duo. I would love to see Kate helping Winona kick <laughs> Demon's butt. But yeah, I could see that be, happening. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but the way it is, yeah, I don't think it's going to happen right now. Uh, no. Hopefully, things will change in the future, and we can see Kate working with the Scooby gang. That would be Totally awesome, but not thinking it's going to happen. Yeah, I have to agree with you. But yes, I do like their interactions. And yeah, we'll see how it goes from here on. Well, once again, Fred, we really appreciate the feedback and look forward to your next feedback. Thanks, Fred. Oh, my gosh. So what did you guys think about this? Shoot us an email at sci-fi talk at fangirlzone.com. Let us know what you think. Let us know your theories for the rest of the season. And... If you want to find out how else you can contact us, go to www.fangirlzone.com. Check out our contacts page. It has all the ways you can shoot us any comment. And, of course, while you're at it, if you can rate and review us on iTunes and every other platform you're finding us on. Because good ratings and views help other fans of the show find us. Tell your friends about the show. You know you want to talk to them and get them into it and get them hooked just like we all are. And we do hope you're enjoying the podcast. For this episode of Sci-Fi Talk, though, I am Sean Pangrelas. And I'm Steve. Woman, can't I have one goddamn dinner party without you getting all up in my biscuits? And until next time. <laughs>